Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. I am Matt Frazier, joined by Doug Hay. Today, we're talking about personal development. Hey, Matt. How's it going, Doug? I'm excited to talk about this because I could use a little personal development, I think. I think you could use some self-improvement. That's probably a better term for it. (laughs) That's probably (laughs) true, yeah. Or some self-help, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) These these all mean the same thing, I mean, in common parlance, self-help self-improvement personal development none of them is a good name which i think is the reason that uh it 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 just is not a huge popular thing yet because i think it's awesome but it definitely has a has a branding problem uh there's no you wouldn't say it's a huge thing at all i mean isn't the self-help books isn't that like the big best-selling books or i guess they are but like if i talk about tony robbins people think it's like a cult or something yeah yeah i mean i just i just feel like as much as i get out of that that it seems that it to me that it would be much Bigger than everyone knows that is, yeah, uh-huh. sure. Uh, and I, I do think a lot of it is that there's not a good name for it. There's, it's just self help is terrible. Self improvement just sounds like you're never happy with how things are, <laughs> and you think you always have to be better. Yeah. Uh, and personal development is just boring. So, not a good name for it. But anyway, we are going to talk about it today, and the reason is because I just got back from Virginia Beach, where I went for the weekend to visit our No Meat Athlete running group. There went only for that reason. Just like I visited uh, the Miami group before, I'm going to be visiting Oklahoma City in a few weeks. And that's just because these are some of our groups that are the most active and doing the coolest stuff. And I just wanted to kind of go check out what they were doing, be a part of it. So I did that and uh, met a woman there named Maggie who actually asked me a question. She listens to this podcast and she wanted to know just more about personal development because she has heard us mention that, that I am into that. But we haven't really had an episode that, where we really talked about it or said where to get started or just really went into anything about that. So we are going to get into that. Uh, quickly, though, I've got to make an announcement, and that is about our Italy trip that is coming up, the one that I'm doing with Miyoko Skinner or Schinner. I still don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she's the artisan <laughs> vegan cheesemaker. She was also at Marshall Health Fest, and uh, I was very disappointed not to get some of the cheese that she had there was a humongous line and then it ran out right when i got to the front of it you so, did get to meet her though right i did meet her yes Good. yeah and i imagine when we're in italy i'll get some of the cheese finally but anyway she might um, not be able to bring it through customs well she's gonna make it there oh there's gonna be a cheese making demonstration as oh, one cool. of the events yeah which segues nicely into my appeal for people to please come <laughs> to italy with us uh, we'll be doing some of that. I think there's a wine-making demo and something else. But anyway, you may not have heard about it only because this podcast, we had some problems with uh, the feed a while ago. And we were putting about, out a bunch of episodes over the course of, I don't know, January through March, when lots of people who had been getting the podcast suddenly stopped getting it. So we sort of fixed that. We think a lot more people now are listening. Uh, so I just wanted to mention it again one final time. It's uh, the end of June. If you go to nomeatathlete.com slash Italy... You will see a little flyer there uh, with information about coming with us if you'd like. And uh, it's specifically, it's July 19th. I think I said June. It's it's the end of July. Um, the 18th through the 25th. Whole week in Italy. Uh, lots of information there about all the stuff that's planned on the tour. It's limited to 22 people. But I've heard that because of, of uh, and I just know from several people who have gotten in touch, that because of the prices of airline tickets, because they're not cheap right now, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people were saying it's kind of a little tough for them to do because, you know, the whole thing, I think, is, is 2500 or something, and then you've got the flight on top of that. Mm-hmm. So understandably, people are saying, you know, it's good, but um seems a little bit hard to do with the airline tickets. So anyway, uh, to to combat that very slightly, uh, I've added a few little bonuses to sort of sweeten the deal. Uh, an hour coaching call with me, a copy of my book, and a copy of any of the ebooks that we have, just for anyone who does sign up and decides to come at this last minute. Um, so anyway, if you are interested in that, check it out, nomadathlete.com slash Italy, and uh, no pressure, but just check it out. If it sounds cool, then get in touch with me or with Donna, whose information you'll see at the bottom of that. Should be a really fun week, and I am looking forward to it. My wife will be there, and we'll have a blast. My a good friend of mine, Kareem, um, who is on this uh, intro to the right. podcast, actually, <laughs> um, he... Uh, has been in Italy for the past week and has been posting a bunch of pictures to Instagram and stuff. And, man, it made me so jealous. I want to go back there really bad. Yeah. yeah. 
it's I've been thinking that it's sort of tough to do as a vegan. Like for a while, I was thinking I wouldn't ever get to go back to Italy. Now that I'm vegan, I just wouldn't be able to do it. So that's one of the other things about this tour is that uh, it is all vegan food. All the food's provided, right? And uh, it's in a region where they eat largely plant based and organic as anyway. So it's not like you're eating. You know, it's not like you're bringing in tofu sandwiches into this, this place in Italy <laughs> and eating in a weird way. Right. right. So anyway, that's that. Uh, it's called Vigano Italiano, and uh, you should check it out. Definitely. All right. So, um, and then one other announcement really quickly, which we're not going to get to at the end or until the end, but we've the past few episodes, we've been playing highlights from Academy Seminars, some of our favorite ones, and then most recently we had the two-parter with Rich Roll. Um, that is officially open and accepting new people again. We'll save all the details about that until after what we talk about today, just in case it's not something that you're particularly interested in. You can just kind of tune out when you hear the hear the music start going. But uh, if you are, then then stick around. We'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. And oh yeah. Okay. Yep. What's up, Doug? Well, I was just gonna say if they were just really eager to go ahead and sign up, then they could. Where would they go? Yes, if you're really really eager and you just can't wait till the end of this episode, <laughs> it's nomadapply.com/slash/academy-invite. Right. Just for those of you who just dying to get in there yeah all right anyway anyway personal development self personal development self-help self-improvement um so anyway the the question came from maggie who was part of the virginia beach group and they were all awesome the visit was awesome andrea the leader is doing a fantastic job there so i should give her a shout out as well but uh, the whole group was fun we had a potluck dinner had a run on sunday and then also went and supported some of the the people in the group who did the tour to cure cycling thing 100 oh, mile yeah. mm-hmm. ride so we went they have set up this energy lab table they like have the nomad athlete sign and they give out things at certain miles and races and it's been a good way for them to bring in members and stuff like that cool so we went out and did that um yeah so it was a very, very good time but anyway maggie came up to me during the potluck and said she was really interested in this because we'd mentioned it and she personally wants to get started with something. I don't remember the exact details of the project, but I think it's a, a kind of a blog about health or um, some sort of maybe even business about health. But it's going to depend on writing. And she was just wondering, like, how do you get past that that initial fear that is associated with it? Because certainly there is that initial fear. I'm sure you had it, Doug, and yeah. so did I, and still do sometimes. Uh, just putting yourself out there in the world is a scary thing. And, I mean, I'm not, not everyone listening to this podcast, certainly probably very few people listening to this podcast, have that particular problem that they want to start writing something uh, but I, I'm willing to bet that almost everyone listening to this has some other area where this type of discussion applies so even if yours isn't writing maybe yours is just you want to run a marathon and you are scared to make that kind of commitment and put it out there which we've talked about before is kind of an essential step that that accountability creating that you do when you tell, tell everyone you're going to do something um, so anyway even if you're not interested in, in writing per se this sort of thing could still apply to you so first, we'll get into a little bit about just that specific answer. Uh, I, I talked to Maggie a little bit about this, but I'd like to just expand on it a little bit for everyone. And then we'll talk about personal development in general, kind of where to begin, and that'll be it. So um, my so first of all, she, she said, are there any certain books you'd recommend? And as much as I like, love the Tony Robbins type stuff, that's not that's kind of get pumped up stuff for me. Like I like that, listen to that in a car ride, you know, just get excited about something. Yeah. Play air guitar. Like just sit, you know, like Dwight Schrute used to do in the office. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's not the most cerebral of personal development stuff. What I recommended and like a lot now is Seth Godin stuff. Seth is a, used to be a marketing author, uh, but he started to shift to be more about this whole idea of dancing with fear uh, doing art, as he calls it, even though art could could mean business, could mean sports, could mean whatever. It just basically means doing something that is uh, new and interesting, and where there's really there's no map for it. There's not there's not a step by step process for here's how you become successful at this. It's just you're doing you're putting your kind of gift out there into the world and whatever form that may take. So he's got a book called The Icarus Deception, which is one of my favorites of his. Wrote it I think back in 2012 or so. And that's a really good one. He's also got one that we've mentioned on this podcast pretty recently. It was called What to Do When It's Your Turn. Um, so those were, I, I recommended those to Maggie. There's another guy named Stephen Pressfield, though, who has some really good books called The War of Art is one and Turning Pro, which I think you read recently, right? Yeah, I read Turning Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he, that stuff is great. And, and it's, it is about art, in quotes, but it's not, you know, it, it could be for anyone. It's about how do you get past fear. 
Right. So we can talk about some of those specifics, but um, I don't know any any certain books, Doug, for you like that are other than those that you'd recommend for someone like that. Um, just kind of who's never even thought about this or got or done anything in this department is just starting to think about doing something like writing or putting themselves out there in some way. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I would have probably mentioned those. I would have mentioned Turning Pro for sure, and then mm-hmm. and then anything by Seth Godin. The um, I listened to the Startup Academy or Startup School, I think it's called, mm-hmm. uh, which is an audio series that he put out for free that you can just download in iTunes. Yep. Um, that is is more. I guess it's more about starting a business, but it kind of gives you that same um, idea of of putting yourself out there and giving yourself the power to pick yourself and and um, you know make make the decision to just do it and then you know kind of give you get you inspired to do yeah. it. So. And on that note, we should also mention he has a program called Leap Leap First that is another mm. audio program of his more recently, really related to that book that we mentioned, What to Do When It's Your Turn. And Leap First is not free. It's like, I think it's like 10 bucks or something. That's his new one, right? Is it? Or is that yeah. the, yeah. It's, I mean, it's his new audio program. Um, right. But it's it's basically the exact same messages as um, What to Do When It's Your Turn. And mm. as I said before, he actually recorded this one while I was there with 14 other people in his office for a week. Oh. And he recorded this one live. It's it's it took me a couple listens to get into it. It's only like two and a half hours long or something, but it's kind of become my new like default. Like if I have nothing else to listen to, I listen <laughs> to that again, and I've listened to it probably ten times now, which is not weird. I mean, it, it is weird, but mm-hmm. when it comes to this sort of thing, like that's that's what I do, and what I suspect a lot of people do who are into this personal development stuff is you listen to something a hundred times if that's what it takes for it to really sink in, and uh, and that's what I like this stuff for. I, a lot of times. This probably is weird, but a lot of times I'll put this stuff on when I'm going to sleep just to kind of like, I don't know, make it be the last things that I'm thinking about as I go to bed and fall asleep in, in case it influences, you know, whatever, in case it influences me while I'm sleeping. Um, I, I don't mind those being the last messages that I hear. So did we did we mention the War of Art? Yes, I mentioned that really quickly. Okay. And that, then... just to clear up, between that and Turning Pro, which are both Stephen Pressfield books, uh, and I'm sure these are both available by audio if anyone is wants to go that route being a podcast listener uh turning pro was the follow-up to the war of art the war of art was kind of his classic book on this and the groundbreaking thing turning pro i think did a better job of saying or or, you know doing the purpose he set out to do with that book of just motivating people and getting (laughs) them to sit down and do the work yeah um but it seems that that the what's it called um the war of art is more the the classic but i would i personally would say turning pro is better i would start with that one so, um, as far those are books, but I think not everyone's going to want to invest the time into a book. So, just as far as general advice, uh, what I what I gave to Maggie, and this is probably applicable to everything else too, was that it doesn't it doesn't stop being scary. Like that's <laughs> once it does, then you're you're probably not doing anything interesting anymore. Right. Uh, and I've I've gotten to that place with Nomi Dathi before, where it's not scary, and at that point, I try to make a shift, such as starting these running groups. Like that was a new shift to all of a sudden make it interesting again because it had become routine some of the stuff that i was doing uh so that's i think an important thing is like the the fear isn't something where the goal is to get past it it's just it's just how you you learn how to dance with it as they say how do you um use it because i mean if you're scared about doing something that's usually a, a signal that there's a lot of energy behind that versus where you're just not scared at all and it feels like nothing there's not a lot of energy there so if you have that energy uh, you know the the probably very cliched example now of, of Aikido thing where they you know you use your opponent's energy and you redirect it and then all of a sudden it's an attack on you turns into an attack on them. So in the same way, when you're really scared about something, that means that there is something there. So a lot of energy behind that, and if you can figure out how to get around that fear or redirect that fear, you can often end up doing something really special if you can redirect it essentially. So why would you ever want to put yourself in a scary situation? Well, I think that's, I mean, that's probably how you grow. It'd be nice if it wasn't scary. Right. But, uh, I don't know, the growth, getting to a place where you currently aren't, uh-huh. usually that requires doing something that is out of the ordinary. And while it wasn't always this way, I think nowadays you pretty much have to do something that is scary if you want uh, to get anywhere. If, if what you're doing is not scary, then it's not new. Mm-hmm. Especially now, information travels so fast now with the internet that, uh, as Seth Godin likes to say, like as soon as someone writes the 27 ways to dominate facebook book it's not useful anymore 
because <laughs> things get so everyone starts doing it and suddenly that's no longer the way to dominate Facebook. It's just right. it's just because so like it takes always doing something new and being a pioneer. Um so really as often as we've given this advice, start small is kind of what what it is and like when you're starting a new blog or starting running for the first time with the goal of eventually running a marathon, um you just start. You start in the smallest way possible and doing something that is the least scary thing possible just to get in the habit of doing it. So with writing a blog, I mean, it starts really with just publishing that very first post. And sure. the good news really is that no one's reading at that point, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right. And your blog is going to be terrible for six months. I think that's a general rule of thumb, and it's a pretty accurate one, that it just takes a while to, to learn how to do it. And and even if you, no matter how much preparation you did, read all the sites, buy people's products, do whatever, you're not going to know what your particular audience wants until you've actually started doing it for a while and you've gotten practice doing it. And you have an audience. Yeah, and you have an audience, right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know that it's an easy answer to give and a hard one to actually do, but but just start is, is the way that you get going. And I think it perhaps is scarier to write a big uh, a blog post when you have a big audience than it is in those early days. Like the second, third post of No Me Athlete, they weren't really that scary at all. The first one was, but then I realized that, that no one was really reading this except for my friends and my mom. And like, it wasn't that scary suddenly to write posts. Uh, and it's much harder now. I think I, I have a much more perfectionism now that creeps creeps in and says, is this good enough? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they feel like there's expectations you need to meet. Uh, so the, the lesson there is that it doesn't get easier. The point isn't ever to eliminate the fear. It's just you figure out how you personally deal with it. Right. So um, how could we relate this to running? Though? Let's say someone was, is starting a marathon training, just because we said not everybody's a writer here. Um, yeah. I mean, what? How? How would you? How? How would we apply that there? Well, I think, <laughs> I think uh, you know, signing up for a marathon is, or, or starting a training for a marathon is scary because you know personally it's a big commitment. You could fail and you could let yourself down. You could not reach that goal that you have. And also, if you're doing it right, then you're telling people about it and you're putting it out there on Facebook and within your friends circle and your family, and they all know that you're doing this. And if you fail, then then that's that's scary. You could look like a fool. You know, you might end up taking. 10 hours to run this marathon and then you get cut off and you know <laughs> you don't even cross the finish line you know and then you could you could that would it'll be a little embarrassing maybe um totally. so you know but but just just starting you know hitting the register button on the computer or uh going out for that very first run you know telling someone that you're going to do this or that you're interested in doing this and all these little baby steps that aren't that big of a deal you know you're not you're not going and running a 20 miler the next day. Um, right. You're taking these baby steps to get there. And that's that's how you end up reaching that goal. That's how you end up definitely growing. And, and the accountability thing that you mentioned in there is really important. Um, I have a, there was a post that I wrote, I think it was called, I don't know, Burning the Boats or something. I think it's nomadathlete.com slash burn the boats. And that title came from something that is said over and over in personal development stuff. Uh, this idea that, the the phrase is if you want to take the island then burn the boats so that means if you're if you in in this example if you were um in some sort of a war or something that and i think this has apocryphally happened in in other situations i don't know if it's really true or not um but but you know some commander of a of a fleet of ships would when they got to the island that they were attacking set the boats on fire much to the dismay of all the people on board um, basically then saying that we have no option. There is no going back option now. We don't have boats anymore, so what we have to do is is do whatever it takes to take this island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a lot of what creating accountability is. It's doing something that is sort of hard to do in the moment, such as setting your ships on fire um, or posting on Facebook that you're going to run a marathon. And... Once you do that, though, then suddenly this fear that was holding you back. Because you, before you do that, you have this fear situation. I don't want to run this. Or I don't, I'm scared to tell people I want to run this marathon. I'm scared to sign up for this marathon. I'm scared to start this blog. But when you actually do it, suddenly you've, you've made that fear. You've turned that fear into a motivator. Because now it's not something that's holding you back and preventing you from taking any action. It's basically putting that fear behind you, pushing you forward. So now you've you've set it or you've burned the boats or you whatever. And now you you have no option. So the fear is, uh, what happens if I don't do this now that I said I'm going to do it? Right. And that's that's a much different kind of fear than than what happens if I say I'm going to do this. Yeah, 
And and I one of my favorite forms of account accountability is is the kind of the financial accountability. I find that that's stronger sometimes than than having posting it to Facebook. And and for that, it's I'll go ahead and register for a for a race. I'll go ahead and book a flight if I need to, or you know, I'll go ahead and invest all this money. Join a Nomi Athlete Academy. Join a Nomi Athlete Academy, <laughs> for example, you know. Um, <laughs> or do whatever it is I'll, you know I'll go ahead and invest this money that's uh that I don't want to waste I don't want to put that to waste so I'll know that if if I end up not ever starting my training or signing up for the academy and not ever you know doing anything with it then then it's been a waste of money and I don't want to do that so so I'll go ahead and invest in it up front and then I can hold that that whole that yeah I, I actually really agree with that and that is a motivator for me as well and in building no meat athlete that was a motivator like signing up for a, a course that costs couple hundred or even a couple thousand dollars um, made me kind of I don't know it just made it makes you want to do it because then if you don't you feel pretty foolish even if nobody knows about it just to yourself Mm -hmm. you feel foolish for spending all this money on something and then not using it uh, for the record, that's never something I ever use to try to sell products on No Meat Athlete. It just doesn't feel <laughs> Sign right. Sign up for this course, which we just said, and I yeah. want like with the academy, and I want people to realize we were joking about that, um, <laughs> because I don't think that motivates every single person in the world. I think no. it, it motivates some people. To both me and you, it is tremendously motivating. But uh, that that to me never seems like a valid reason why you should buy a No Meat Athlete product, <laughs> because once you put money into it, then you're motivated to do whatever yeah. you're trying to do and that that of course is not what i was trying to say there i, I was talking about race course. entries and everything yeah. but but no it is i think for a lot of people signing up for a race uh is that's a pretty pretty big one not not because it just commits you and puts a date on the calendar but because now it feels like you have invested in it mm-hmm. and we have this tremendous drive as humans to be consistent with our picture of ourselves so it, when you have a picture of yourself as someone who is who is responsible or who i don't know is uses things they buy uh then when you put up when you put money forth and you put a hundred dollars to sign up for a race and then you just are are laying in bed hitting the alarm clock and not getting up to go train for it that feels like it's inconsistent with this vision of yourself that you have i think mm-hmm. and i think having the money behind that helps it just makes you feel really dumb for spending money on something and not using it so that is a strong motivator um signing up for the race is good i think it's not right for everyone there are some situations with marathon training it's like I always worry that you might get injured or something, and then then you'll feel stupid for wasting your money on top of getting injured, <laughs> which was really not your fault, maybe. Uh, yeah. So I don't I don't always tell people to do that, but I I agree it's been a big motivator for me and uh, can be for anyone else. So I mean there are, there are analogs to that outside of the racing world uh, yeah. with with the starting a blog thing. I mean investing in in hosting or a theme, or yeah, or an ebook about blogging. I mean I, we both did all that plenty, mm-hmm. but. Accountability also comes I – I don't even know if we've talked about accountability much on this podcast before, but just having a partner is one of the strongest forms of accountability there is. Having someone who, if you're training for a race, even if you were starting a blog, someone else who's doing the same thing you are, a very similar thing, and you're starting at the same point, and you're going to do this together. If it's a running situation, not just having a friend to check in with, but if you have someone who actually you're working out with, uh, it's said over and over, you know, it's much harder to bail on somebody else than it is – on right. yourself so just having someone else involved is is a really good accountability tool it's something that uh is is not used by enough people i don't think which easily brings up jeff sanders your accountability accountability there partner who uh is also a great if you're into this kind of topic then he'd be a great person whose who's podcast you should listen to yes you should his podcast is called the 5 a.m miracle and uh and he's been a guest of course he's so been a guest people know him yeah yep and jeff and i meet every monday morning at 8:30 a.m. and we talk about what our plans for are the week and we kind of make a few commitments that we're going to things we're going to get done in the next week and then we check in the next Monday. So even something very simple like that if you've never done it before can be a really powerful thing. Uh my my suggestion if you can do that is get it make it specific to your cause. If you're trying to run a marathon, find somebody else who's also planning to run a marathon or run some new distance and make them your accountability partner. I think that's way better than having just a general life accountability partner. Yeah. One one thing I've been big on recently, um, which is a little bit of a shift, but is the one percent improvements per week. Mm-hmm. I saw you wrote a post about that. I did just write a post about that, um, and how how if you just improve by you know if you focus on improving just one percent over the past week, then you know eventually over several weeks, then then the, that those improvements build up on each other and end up becoming a totally different person or become a totally different runner or writer or whatever it is. But 1% improvement just seems like such a small incremental change 
for a whole week. That's all you got to focus on. Um, yep. And and that's been working really well for me uh, recently. I've been doing that for the past six weeks or so, and I've really enjoyed it. I think that is is one of the biggest lessons that that I've gotten out of personal development. And when I wrote this post, I wrote a post about this a while back. While back, it's at nomadathlete.com slash personal dash development. Kind of just a beginner's guide to it, and has some sources that I would recommend as well as, I don't know, seven or ten keys that uh, just the things, the main things I've learned in doing this, kind of being into this stuff for ten years or so. Uh, I guess there are seven of them. But one of them, one really important one, is small steps add up. And, I mean, if you don't take any other lesson away from this thing, if you just had that and you just got that down, um, you, you literally can change everything about your life just by taking tiny little steps. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the percentage increases do stack on top of each other. And there's a book, a really good book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy that is about this exact concept. And it's that there's this exponential increase. Uh, the, I think it's what, if you, if you give someone a penny and you double the amount you're giving them every day for a month, by the end of a month, here's one of our made up figures. You, they have whatever million, 10 it's, million. It's dollars, like 13 million. Or something, Cause I looked it up too when I was writing that post. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I mean, and, and that's a dumb example, but let, let's say for you that is a morning routine. Let's say you're going to get up every day. You're going to do a run for half an hour. You're going to meditate for 10 minutes, and you're going to write for 20 minutes. That's None of those is a, is a huge thing to do. Sure, an hour of extra time is maybe hard to build into your day, um, but you could pick any one of those things. And the point is you, you just do it in tiny steps. And the tricky part is that you see – you see almost no improvements in the first few days. The first right. few weeks where you're improving 1% at a time, they're not really visible improvements. Right. What happens, though, as anyone who knows about how, how you know money in the bank grows or how investments grow, you have this compounding effect. So that 1%, the 1% that you add in the first week is then added to the amount that in the second week is going to have 1% of it growing on. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a – hopefully that works as a way to explain it. <laughs> I mean, it's probably easier to see with the, with the penny example that – the amount that that you have is getting larger and that amount is doubling so pretty soon it gets astronomical in size uh but in the first few days that penny is one cent then it becomes two cents then four cents then eight cents so you're you're making almost no money in those first days it's not clear at all that this is going anywhere but then you get further down the road and suddenly all these changes start to pile up so uh, i think that's that's such a a great example It, it really kind of underlies what we talk about all the time which is starting with the smallest steps possible when we want to change habits, often our our uh, inclination is to try to make these massive changes. And we think in the first month, I'm going to lose this much weight and I'm going to be running a half an hour every single day. And all these crazy ideas that we have, which aren't aren't impossible to, to imagine ourselves doing, the problem is that almost never lasts more than a few weeks, if that long. Whereas if you can start with a much, much smaller amount and just do it for an entire year straight, but you know, people who make changes to their health or to their habits, almost nobody lasts a year with what they're doing. Right. Do something every single day for a year. There aren't many people who do things like that. But it's not hard to do if if you can see the benefit of it and you can just commit to this small thing every day. So that that's a huge one. Small steps add up. That's one of the biggest lessons that I've gotten out of this whole thing. So does that mean you you read my blog? <laughs> <laughs> no, Doug, isn't it does not mean that. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't. How did I find that one? I actually do read your blog. I, I subscribe to your blog in my Feedly account or Feed Something account. The okay. problem is I never check that account. Okay. I subscribe to like 10 different blogs in there. I've been really bad about checking a lot. That was one of my things I was going to do this year was read blogs. Right. And I've been terrible at it. <laughs> but that one I saw, I don't think I saw a tweet from you or something. Or maybe I was looking up your new podcast, which we should mention on here, right? Oh, yeah. Why don't you give us the advertisement for that really quick? Sure. I got a new weekly podcast called Trail Talk, and it is your weekly source of trail and ultra running advice delivered in bite size nice it's something uh <laughs> i forget exactly what how it goes but basically it's just a real short 10 10 minute episodes 10 to 15 minute episodes that are just kind of really actionable things that you can uh put into your you know ways to adjust your training and, and improve in the trail and ultra running world so if you're interested yeah. in that it's a trail called trail talk trail talk on itunes people want on itunes and stitcher nice so I think I was looking that up. After you told me you had that out, I was trying to find it and uh, not being well-versed in iTunes or Stitcher. <laughs> I just went to Google and typed in Rock Creek Runner. And actually, I went to Yahoo first, and then I typed in Google. And then that <laughs> was like, I went there, and then I typed in Rock Creek Runner. 
uh, <laughs> and and I think that was the, the most recent post was some some headline caught my eye saying that big goals were bad or something, and I didn't like that. So I kept reading, and then I then I got the point. Uh, good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you found it. Uh, so anyway, I guess let's let's talk just a little bit more. I don't want to go too too long about this, um, but that was a good jumping off point of of just some of the big lessons because uh, I've I've been into this stuff. I don't know since right after college is when I started. I hated my job that whatever job I got, and I started listening to cassette tapes. Believe it or not, actual cassette tapes in my car ten years ago, and uh, just got into stuff. Cassette tapes have not. Uh, or not something that I've stopped listening to either. I still, yeah. <laughs> I still like to go on eBay and uh, and order cassette tapes that are of out of print Tony Robbins programs from 1985 or six or something. And uh, it's it's getting harder and harder to listen to those because it's hard to have cassette decks. <laughs> they don't really sell those very much. So I have this process of make. It's just a mess. I mean, I brought a boombox with me on the book tour and listened to cassettes that way. And then I had this other thing where I. I put them into the computer make you know digitize them uh and that's better but you're, you're like a hipster but not as cool <laughs> right <laughs> right a totally uncool hipster <laughs> yeah so um i do i do get those and yeah i i like them i, I have a whole shelf of cassettes so so, so how could people get started i guess if you want to okay so the, let me hit one of these big points and oh, sorry as we were just saying i mean this this is related um, having written goals is, I mean, it's a, it's a total cliche. Everyone says it. I still think not many people really do it, but it's not that there's some magic in writing goals. And some people will say that there is, but I think more, if you have written goals, that means you've actually taken the time to sit down and think about your goals and taken the time to decide like, okay, I know I have these 20 things that I would like to do, but what are the three or four or one that are important enough to me that I'm going to call that my number one goal, and that's going to be what I you know just look at every single day. We mentioned the daily thing, the small steps every day. If you have a single large written goal for the year or for the next three years or whatever it is, and that is kind of your guiding light for for what these small steps each day are going to be, like if you just look at that goal every day when you wake up, read it out loud, read it to yourself, whatever it takes just to get yourself in this framework where, where now this is going to dictate whatever the small steps are that you take that day. I think that's a, just a tremendous difference from being aimless. And there's so many mm-hmm. other personal development examples of what happens, you know, ships that don't have a have a place that they're headed, or you know, that, lots I mean, of ship these, things. They, yeah, a lot, I guess it goes back to the ship days. <laughs> no, but it gi- it gives your day to day routine purpose. So going back to the to the run, it gives purpose to those. You know, if you're if you're trying to qualify for Boston, that might be two years out. You know, it gives purpose to all of these small steps you're taking in your training to right. to get stronger and better. Yeah, and for me, it's it's a really big motivator. Uh, it just it's if I don't have a goal in mind with running or with anything, then I'm not really very good at getting out there to do it. I need to know what is that purpose for it all. It needs to be something that's big and inspiring. And, and for me, that's that's what having a big written goal is is about. So that's that's another really big one. And that's that's where I would say is a place to start. Uh, you can you can find all kinds of different people's goal setting workshops. Uh, Tony Robbins has them. There's a guy named Jim Rohn who I like a lot. He's dead and he's old and or was old. Uh, maybe so. It's maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe not the, the best place to start. Um, and then we have I have the Wake Up program that has a goal setting workshop, sort of adapted from what I've learned from three or four different authors. I mentioned the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. That's a really good place to start. Um, trying to, in this post, I had a bunch of other ones. I mentioned the Seth Godin stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think we really I've mentioned the ones that are my favorite. There's a Tony Robbins book called Awaken the Giant Within. Very, very long book. Takes a while to get through and to do all the exercises. But I, I think just you start to read that stuff and you start to have a greater sense of possibility. You just you read enough examples of people who have done special things with their lives uh, against all odds even. And then you start to think, maybe I could do that too. Or even if you don't think that, at least you kind of start to break down the barriers that say, I could never do something like that right. once you've kind of heard enough of them. So all those are great for that. Uh, I think it's just such a... A, a personal thing. The four hour work week is a great one. I mean, the first, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of all of that book. There's some parts of it that don't really resonate at all with me. Um, particularly the section about, about how to build a business and some of Tim Ferriss's stuff. I like him a lot, but some of his stuff I don't like at all. Uh, <laughs> but the first quarter of the four hour work week is, uh, is really good. That's like super motivating in terms of, and there's even some stuff about goal setting in there about aiming really big, um, he makes a pretty compelling argument for why you're more likely to achieve a really big goal than you are 
uh, a much smaller, more modest one that doesn't motivate you and excite you as much. So those are all good starting places. Um, none. I haven't mentioned any females here, and I, I pointed this out in the blog post I wrote about it. And that wasn't really for any reason. I think there haven't historically been that many personal development authors who are female, perhaps because there weren't that many ship captains who were female, so it just, <laughs> just naturally filtered them out. Um, but it seems that that's changing, and uh, there, there are a bunch of good ones. Nicole Antoinette, who we've had on the podcast before, uh, she I think of her as a personal development blogger for women, mm-hmm. or maybe not for women, but I think that that is the majority of her audience, just from the tone of some of her posts. Uh, Danielle Laporte is someone I've heard of. Jen Sincero is someone whose book I've read I enjoyed. Uh, Brene Brown, another well-known person, has given some good TED Talks. So all those people, and I think it's it's sort of you just you start with one person, you find someone who resonates with you, and that leads you to some other person that leads you somewhere else, and you find their blog, and you find out who's who they're linking to, and all these things. So it's not hard to go down this road if you want. Um, so I'm trying to think, what else can we tell people as a place to start, or any more good tips? Just if you're not going to do any of this, like what? What uh, what could we what lessons could we boil down about personal development? We mentioned commitment and accountability. We mentioned written goals. We mentioned basically not not recoiling from fear. We mentioned small steps. Uh, another huge one is don't overestimate other people's capabilities while underestimating your own. That's that's just a unfortunately a really common syndrome. I think it's in another form is known as the imposter syndrome. This idea that you don't really belong wherever you are. Like if you're uh, in grad school for the first time, there's a strong sense when you're there that everyone else belongs there and is smart enough to be there and that you're probably not. Somehow you snuck in and you don't really belong and, and eventually you'll be exposed. It's, I think, the big underlying fear here. Um, I, I think you just you kind of need to start blasting through that stuff. And that's what, what, the, what reading about this, having so many people tell you that that's not true, uh, for me, has just sort of eventually sunk in. Like you just You just hear it enough times, you read it enough times, and eventually you start to get the message. Uh, Tim Ferriss's book, Four Hour Workweek, has a good section about that. There's another book called The Magic of Thinking Big, where in the beginning he talks a lot about that same idea, just that, that there's this, we all think that everyone around us is better than us at whatever it is, and that we are the exception who doesn't really belong. Uh, that is not at all true, and uh, it's a good thing it's not. So anyway, that's it. Um, I mean, there, there are a few more points here. There are definitely some more books. Again, that post is nomeenathlete.com slash personal dash development. Um, you know, it's it's not the most exciting topic, I don't think, unless you're going to try to. I'm saying for us to, to tell it in a podcast, right. this is not going to be our most motivating or exciting episode ever, uh, unless you're the type of person who who writes personal development stuff and that's what you do, and then then maybe you're really good at, at motivating people with it. But I think just go check out some of the books on here or some of the things we've mentioned, and I think I think you'll know pretty quickly if like this stuff is jazzing you up or if it's putting you to sleep. Yeah, because uh, it, it it's not going to be for everyone, but. For me, it's been something. It just it, I started doing it ten years ago or so, and have never gone more than I don't know three four months without reading a book like this or getting back into it. I'll certainly every now and then I'll get out of it and I'll just read other stuff. Um, but it just I tend to always come back to it. I always have something in my car that I'm listening to. Uh, and I just feel like it's a better use of my time than listening to the radio or whatever other random thing. If I have some sort of program that I'm working through in the car and listening to, so that's my short argument for. Uh, for personal development. If, if someone is really not that interested in this, but maybe we've caught their attention and they're they're kind of interested, what would be the one thing that you would say for tell someone to, to do if they just wanted to just kind of barely scratch the surface with this? I think I would say find a goal-setting program and set goals. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you don't have to buy anything. You go online and type in, first go to Yahoo and then type in Google, and then from there type in <laughs> goal-setting. What about Bing? <laughs> or is that too modern? Bing is too modern. Yeah, I don't know okay. that. <laughs> Um, ask Jeeves on that one. <laughs> yeah, ask Jeeves, classic. Still use that one a lot. Alta Vista is a big another favorite yeah, of mine. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> if you if you go, I don't know. I, I, Nicole Antoinette, she has a program. I think that one does cost money, but it's not hard. I mean, you basically you you end up getting yourself into a state of, of kind of positive expectation. You write down fifty or a hundred or one hundred fifty things that you could want, and you get to the point where you think, what would I do if I knew that I could not fail? You write down all this stuff that you've never really dared to think through before, and then you basically decide what, you know, which of this is worth me actually spending time on, and whittle it down to four things, maybe all this year, maybe one a little bit further out, and post them in a place where you'll see them every day. 
ideally share them with other people, which I know is a big step. It's kind of a scary thing to do. But uh, start letting that guide your life, and you'll know that you're you're not spending your days randomly. You're you're spending them in a way that that you've determined with some conscious thought is worthwhile. As I was saying that, the idea about how you whittle down the goals that you're not going to spend the time on, uh, it brought up actually a really great place to start would be Seth Godin's program Pick Four, which we've mentioned before on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is becoming out of print. I don't know if they're still making new ones. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, uh, he like redid Zig Ziglar's goal-setting program because Zig was a big influence on Seth. But anyway, it's a very small book. Uh, I think it's fairly cheap to buy a four-pack of them and... It, it walks you through a little goal-setting program and then gives you a place every single day to write what the four goals are that you chose. And then at the end of the day, you write down what you did that day towards each one. And then you answer the question, is this enough? And it's a really strong way of, of just kind of self-accountability, putting the self-accountability into your into your process. And you have one of those and I have one of those and they've both been good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's a really good place to start. That one's not free, but I think you get the point. Um, it is... The tricky part here, like if you just sat down, if you kind of like finished work, then sat down and said you're going to write goals, I think you're probably not going to be in the state of mind to do it. So although that is the most important thing, I would say listen, to, find someone who inspires you or, or something you like to read and read a book about it or listen to a program or even just a single podcast episode from somebody that you like that is about personal development uh, or about goal setting or about motivation or whatever. And I mean, get yourself in the right state of mind for it. You don't want your kids to be interrupting you. You don't want to be thinking about bills you have to pay. I mean, you want to be in this in this sort of mode of like, you know, believing for a little while that that some of this stuff is possible. Maybe right after they listen to this podcast episode, Actually, this exact one. Yeah, <laughs> right now they're probably in the right frame of mind. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. I, unfortunately, there aren't any motivation podcasts that I listen to. Like things that I listen to for motivation per se. The Tim Ferriss podcast sometimes he interviews a lot of uh, people who are just kind of superstars and whatever they are doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that motivates me, but I don't. I think it really is going to be a personal thing. It's not going to. The same thing is not going to motivate everyone, obviously. Right. right. All right. So uh, I think I think that is a a nice little introduction to personal development. As I mentioned, I have that blog post. It's called A Beginner's Guide to Personal Development. It's a good one to check out if you want uh, links and things like that to these different things that we're mentioning. And other than that, I think uh, I think we'll turn our attention now to to describing this academy offer, right? Let's do it. Okay. Okay, so for the past few episodes, we've been playing some clips from the first year of the Academy. We have turned the corner on the on the one-year mark of the Academy, so we've, we've been around for a year. In that time, we've put together, I don't know, is it probably 14 interviews or something like that. Um, the total amount of time I was adding up the other day is with almost 16 hours of seminar content. So if you listen to these past few episodes, you've heard the kind of depth that we go into and how they're sort of different from the conversations that you and I have, Doug, that are just more off the off the cuff, off right. the wall, uh, wacky. <laughs> and I don't know. So it, it's a lot of really good stuff. It's all there. It's None of it goes away. Uh, so anyone who does decide to join now, and we are now open again, uh, just can get in there and, and access all the stuff that we've done over the past year, which really is a lot. Uh, I'll mention a few of the names in a minute, but we've also got with each one of them uh, another ten and a half hours, or, or sorry, ten and a half hours total of the Q and A sessions that accompany each one. So with each of these guests that we've had, or if it's not a guest, if it's just been me, um, we do a, a dedicated Q and A session about that particular topic where the guest comes on, and it's just a chance for members to to follow up. So if if some question was raised in the seminar for you, that for example, had you had you had a question about something Rich Roll said or wanted him to expand on something, then if you were a member and you showed up to the Q and A. Uh, then you could ask him that question, which people did. So anyway, we've got a bunch of hours in that, and all those are archived. So although I think Q&A is generally not going to be quite as interesting as as the seminars for people, uh, it is all in there. You can come in there and see, for example, rituals. You can come see him answer questions. Um, And then we've got about six hours of bonus content in there, and that's just everything from, let's see, what the Wake Up uh, audio version of Wake Up is in there. Yep. I think you're going to give us an interview from your Trail Runner system. Is that right? That's right. Better be right. Now that we've said it, <laughs> yeah. Um, some stuff with Matt Resigna that I've done. Just a bunch of a bunch of different audio, video, PDF type content that we have um, is all in there. So that's that's all in the past. That's what's in there now available for anyone who joins. But of course, we're going to be doing the same thing going forward. Every single month, we're going to have a new focus for the month. 
format's going to change a little bit. I don't want to have quite the dependence on guests, and I don't want to have just once a month uh, contact with where we're like, here's the new thing for this month. Instead, it'll be an ongoing thing where whatever the topic may be, um, we did, we did a, po- a topic on goal setting, in fact, so that's another good place to mention the goal setting thing we've been talking about this uh, this episode. Um, so in the, in the past, that was a single seminar and then some Q&A sessions about it. This time, going forward, if we did something like that, which we won't since it already exists, uh, we, would, we would do it a little bit of content each week coming out. So it's a little bit more continuity and, and kind of just staying engaged. Uh, so it is going to change a little bit in that way. But what you've heard is really a pretty good representation of what it is. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to go on too long. I'm not we're not trying to create a sales pitch within the podcast here because that's on the sales page if you're interested in it, which is at nomadathlete.com slash academy dash invite. Uh, and if you go there, you'll see all the details. Uh, the only thing I really want to do here is mention our guests really quick. Um, anything else, Doug? Before I get into that, don't think so, right? Nope. <laughs> 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 nope. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> All right, so we had Rich Roll last time talking about the high-energy plant-powered lifestyle. We had Jason Fitzgerald on uh, talking about how to run smarter this year. That was earlier in the year, how to how to make this kind of a smart running year where we talked about lots of the questions that people answer ask inside of our Run Your BQ site. We compiled all those and presented a, a seminar about what are the most common questions people ask and what are, their, what are the answers. We had Run Longer, Stronger, and Dirtier with you, Doug, talking about trail running and also running and how to just run longer in general. We had a discussion with me that was about creating habits. We had Jeff Sanders, how to make the most of your morning, and that's something you heard the clip from a few weeks ago. In that same episode, you heard Heather Crosby, Heather Crosby's meal planning for the busy athlete. We had Nicole Antoinette, who we mentioned earlier in this episode on thinking big and how not to fear failure. We had Matt Rusigno with the Plant-Based Athletes Pantry. I did one on motivation. We had Jason Fitzgerald from Strength Running doing another one on injury prevention. Mike Arnstein talking about natural workout nutrition and his fruitarian diet. And finally, and this is all in reverse chronological order, we had the first episode, and that was with Sid Garza-Hillman. That two-parter ended up being three hours long uh, on approaching the natural diet in the modern world. So that's that's quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, Reading to that makes me feel like we did a good job this first year. I know. You know, this whole relaunch has really made me appreciate what the Academy is. I, you know, really, I, you know, I love the roadmaps, and I love... Uh, this podcast and, and everything else we do with Nomad Athlete, but I really think the Academy is probably the best thing we do, and it's also the most understated. I mean, you know, like yeah, we haven't the, really we've been learning this first year, so we haven't we haven't been promoting it like crazy, and we made a big deal about it when it launched a year ago. But mm-hmm. since then, you know, we've realized there were some things we need to change, and in fact, we are going to be changing the whole layout of it, which we haven't done quite yet. But pretty soon, that's going to be changing, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about making this sort of the the main thing in the site that like mm-hmm. that right now it's it's always been the roadmaps that were that we sell the the how to train for a certain race but i think something that's a much broader umbrella like the academy is probably the future of of nomad athlete in terms of like products and things will kind of be available under there and i think we'll see kind of things more integrated with the academy uh not to say that that's definitely going to happen i don't know for sure and i don't even know what exactly that looks like but i, I just having seen what we've done in a year with it i'm excited to think about what what we'll do in the next year or two or three years yeah and, you know, the Academy members not only have access to each other, but they also have access to you with monthly calls and or monthly Q&A, you know, group Q&A yeah, sessions, and then in, and access to the guests. You know, I, just, I feel like it's so much more personal. The Academy is so much more personal than anything else we do. And, uh, yeah. and, and so far, you know, those Q&As are popular for sure, but they're not, you know, it's not overrun. So anyone who has, has a question can, can yeah. get it in pretty much. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, it is it is the way to engage, and if you want, I mean, if you want Q and A, there's plenty of Q and A time with me every single month, in addition to the one with the guest uh, this first year and going forward. Uh, I do a, a general Q and A where just log on, ask me whatever questions you have, and I'm on there for an hour. Usually we do those on weekday evenings, U.S. times, but a few of them we mixed up and did on weekend days or Friday afternoons, just to kind of let everybody get in there at different times. So anyway, um, that that's what we've got. As I said, I don't want to go into all the details. That's on the sales page. Um, but just so you know, in case this makes the difference of you actually logging over, you know, going over to the computer and typing it in, um, it's going to be our price for this, for this podcast group or the, the group that we're launching to now, uh, is $7 per month. So we've never had the monthly thing before, or at least we didn't add it till the second half of the year. We didn't really publicize it cause we were kind of waiting for this. 
Um, it, everyone joined annually before, and this is the first time really that we're making a big deal about the monthly pricing. So to me, $7 a month to get all that stuff. I mean, look, you could go in there, pay 7 bucks, and then go download 16 hours worth of content. <laughs> and I wouldn't love you if you did that, but, but nothing is stopping you from doing that. <laughs> so anyway, just saying. Um, but I don't know. I think $7 a month is a great price. I think it really is affordable for people to get all that stuff. And that's monthly. There's there's also an annual option where it, it's slightly cheaper than that. The big bonus that you get for joining annually is Rich's new book. We just mentioned um, we had the Ritual Seminar. He wrote The Plant Power Way, which actually came out yesterday as, as we're recording this. Uh, and anyone who signs up annually will get a copy of that. I will send you a copy of that book. Don't know for sure that I can get it signed by Rich, but possibly. Um, so that'll, that'll be a cool bonus for anyone who signs up for the annual year-long membership in the Academy. And that's um, just an offer to... Podcast. That is only for podcast people. Yes, so, only if you. We're not going to mention this. It'll be on the sales page. But as soon as we are, we are making this um, academy relaunch a public thing to people more than just podcast listeners, that will that there will be no mention of that on the sales page anymore because it's not something that I want to do for everybody. But for podcast listeners, we're doing that. And the one other bonus is anyone who joins, even at the monthly rate, um, we, you and I, if you would like, we'll jump on the phone one-on-one, do like a 20-minute call. I did a bunch of these for the founding members who joined last year at the annual rate, and, uh, and they got you know several of these. But even if you just join it monthly, one month, um, I'd be happy to jump on the phone with you for 20 minutes and go through whatever it is you want to talk about. And that's it. This is, all, this is kind of the deal through Tuesday, May 12th, at which point the price is going to go up. And uh, if you do lock in that, that monthly or yearly rate, whichever one of those you, you do get, uh, it'll stay that way for as long as you stay a member. So even if the price goes up to $15 a month, and if the annual price goes up to, who knows, $150 a year, um, whatever the price is that you pay for per month, you will keep paying that price for as long as you stay a member. So anyway, uh, I think we're getting a little more salesy than I tend to like to be on the podcast, but we kind of did this launch as a special thing for podcasts. We, we didn't really do a lot of... Uh, Academy con- I mean, the Academy is an audio format, so it just made sense to kind of release the, some of our favorite episodes or favorite seminars in this podcast. Um, so anyway, just wanted to describe the offer here. All that, if you're interested, is at nomadathlete.com slash academy dash invite. And as we've said before, if you're not interested, totally cool. We're still going to be making podcasts one to two a week, I hope, and uh, keep doing what we're doing. That's right. All right. Any, any final thoughts here? I think that, that wraps it up for sure. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and hope to see you inside the Academy. Bye.